whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America from Truth for Health Foundation with an update on the cognitive war. What is happening and what what is how do you understand that and what does it mean with the way that our government is weaponizing asymmetric warfare tactics to control your mind shape your beliefs and get you to follow a government narrative based on deception and with me today to talk about that from extensive experience is Ed Hoagland, who is a retired U.S. Air Force captain, but then from that career in the Air Force, spent a very interesting career in the intelligence field. And he knows all of this exceptionally well and has a lot of experience with how governments engage in asymmetric warfare, cognitive warfare, propaganda tactics, psyops tactics. This is critically important for you to understand. We just talked about on a recent whistleblower report how the Department of Defense has an actual printed document of a psychological warfare campaign against service members to, quote, manage, end quote, the perceptions about the COVID vax. In other words, to create a lie to get the service members to be injected with an experimental gene therapy shot that they had a right to refuse. And in fact, that was codified in federal law after the debacle with the anthrax vaccine 20 years ago. So my guest today knows all about the government tactics. So, Ed, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for your incredible service to our country at a time when I think the intelligence community had more integrity than what we're seeing the intelligence community now turning against American citizens. But you may also want to address why that has changed since uh, President Obama's actions in 2016 right before he left office. What happened that has allowed our government to use propaganda against the American people? Welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks Dr. Lee, thank you very much for having me on the whistleblower report and thank you for all you do. You know, coming from the government, we tend to be in our own little, what I call titanium cylinders of sub-excellence 
or silos. <laughs> I and, like that. <laughs> Sub-excellence. <laughs> yeah, yeah sub-excellence. Not excellence, but sub-excellence. Uh, and we, we uh, it's hard to understand sometimes what's going out in what I call the real world, the commercial world and such. But watching what you're doing with your foundation and the work you're doing here with the whistleblower report is absolutely uh, important and critical to the security and resilience of our nation here. You know, I don't know if, if your listeners uh, would, would want a little bit of my background so they can understand my, my credentials, if that would help. Definitely. No, I definitely want you to tell us about your background and, and not just gloss over big areas, but explain what, you, what you've been doing for your career. I think they need, do need to know that. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So a, a little bit of history. So I, I went uh, to the University of Colorado in Boulder. I call it the Berkeley of the Midwest, uh, beautiful campus. But I, I started off there uh, with uh, $65 in my pocket, a 10-speed bicycle, uh, a suitcase that was held together by a belt because the, the strap went, and the clothes I'd been wearing since the ninth grade. And, and I got there by a Greyhound bus from Minnesota. And, and I started off as a chemistry major, but quickly moved to Soviet studies because uh, the Cold War and the whole social-political warfare aspect was of interest to me. So I, I studied under uh, Dr. Edward Rosick, who uh, was a uh, Polish tank officer of World War II. He escaped the Nazis twice. He's very familiar with dealing with the Soviets. And uh, he was a great mentor. And through him, I got to meet a lot of uh, luminaries, including the, f the former uh, founding member of the U.S. Communist Party, uh, Miss, Mrs. Bertram Wolf, and, uh, and get stories from her and her husband. But that sent me off on a career in the United States Air Force in intelligence. And I started off uh, working at the assigned to the Defense Intelligence Agency, but uh, immediately on rotation to the Central Intelligence Agency. And uh, it was my Soviet studies background that led to that, that assignment. And so I spent uh, my first three or four years uh, studying Soviet nuclear forces and becoming an expert. And as part of that uh, overall effort, uh, at that time, Reagan and Gorbachev signed the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty. So I was part of those on-site inspections in the former Soviet Union uh, during my Air Force uh, career of seven years. And it was fascinating, as I like to tell people, because not only did I understand from Dr. Rosick in my studies about uh, the propaganda the Soviets used, their means and methods of psychological warfare and manipulation, but their overall uh, modus operandi. But when I, when I went there to visit, it was extremely surreal. It was out of George Orwell's 1984 book, uh, because when I, I, I sort of paint the picture, it's as if you're moving from color TV to black and white when you went from west to east into the Soviet Union. But I was there and I destroyed uh, a number of uh, nuclear missiles, including some of those that were found, uh, which were stationed in Cuba. Uh, but that started off my career. Uh, I spent seven years with the Air Force and, and I had managed a number of different uh, platforms and uh, technologies uh, as part of the 497th Reconnaissance Technical Group in Wiesbaden, uh, Germany. And so uh, when, I, when I left the Air Force, I went to the private sector for about six years, but I still supported efforts with the Department of Defense and intelligence community, uh, such as uh, 
mapping of the moon and the Clementine project and other things, uh, stuff with the space shuttle and other technologies. And I came back in the government in, in 96 uh, under to stand up what was then the National Imagery and Mapping Agency. They, they look at all the national technical means, overhead collection systems. They say they take pictures from the, from the space. And I managed those systems for several years when I was at NEMA, which became National Geospatial Intelligence Agency later on. Now, from, from there, I went back to the CIA for several years. And I led their strategic planning, capital planning investment efforts, and other policy efforts involving billions of dollars. And from there, I moved over to the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Uh, but through my career, and this is sort of important to the background, I also did what we call autobiography experiences. I went on rotations. So I was at Department of Energy, Department of State, different elements of DOD, and also Homeland Security. But I ended up my career after several years with the uh, DNI and also serving as the Assistant Inspector General for Inspections for the Intelligence Community Inspector General. I ended up uh, going to Army and Army G2 and ended up my career there. Now, the importance of this for your audience is I've got to see the inside, not only of multiple intelligence community cultures firsthand, but also multiple DOD and other executive department cultures. And when you talk about the IC's integrity and why it's changed under Obama, I want the re uh, listeners to understand it happened well before that. So for over 25 years, now 30 years, I've been sounding the alarm for those who would listen that there has been a number of uh, leaders at the top of the intelligence community who have purposely, in my opinion, misused and abused their authorities and positions to advance more progressive leftist ideas and notions. Now, people didn't see this until 2016 with the dossier, Trump, Brennan, and Clapper. And uh, I worked with Brennan, and I worked for uh, Clapper three different times. Uh, and, and over at the CIA and the DNI. But, but as I tried to sound the alarm in the prior years, I was looked at like I had uh, four eyes. Uh, and it wasn't until, wasn't until the dossier came out and if people realized there's a hit job and it was a soft coup against Trump and that it was all a lie, that they started to understand how weaponized the intelligence community had become. And so it, it's been a long uh, career and through there, I, I fought many battles to uh, maintain the integrity and efforts of our national security apparatus and the people within there who, for the most part, are stellar patriots who work their behinds off to keep our nation safe. But unfortunately, at the top, it's become more layered over the decades with those who do not necessarily have our best interests at heart. Well, that, that has certainly been evident to me as an outsider watching what was going on. And perhaps, perhaps I actually um, con confused the two or inadvertently merged the two issues. It was, I, I do agree, I've, I've been watching things change over my adult lifetime and if you look at the changes that have occurred since the 70s, late 68, 70, following that, the weather underground, 
riots with the convention, Democrat convention in Chicago in 68, and then the bombings in the Capitol and all of the, um, the anarchy that, that they unleashed. And many of those people are still behind the scenes in this administration today. And you know who they are, and we can talk about that if we have time. But I've watched the progression of things that I could know about as a citizen. And it's been very concerning, but it was specifically the actions Obama took in 2016 under what was called the modernization of the Smith-Munt Act. Now, modernization is actually the wrong term. I would say weaponization of the Smith-Munt Act because it was at that point, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that President Obama turned the law upside down that had been in place since 1947 to protect the American people from the U.S. government using propaganda and cognitive warfare, psyops against the American people. And actually, Obama reversed that and made it legal for the government to do that and use asymmetric warfare, cognitive war, psyops, propaganda, which is lies and deception. And so I think that escalated the damage we've seen since 2016. Is, is that an accurate summary from a layperson? Well, so that's a that's a great question you've asked because I've had this discussion with some other people, and and I'll give you my honest take, which is a little bit different, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean you're wrong. It's just this is my understanding because this is a you know it's a law, it's a legal question, right? And right and the Smith Month Act. So uh, my work, I'll give you an example from my work with the State Department uh, in combating disinformation and such. I was trying to, uh, as a consultant in, in the last years here, I was trying to help them understand how they can move to a proactive uh, set of influence operations against our adversaries because China and Russia were always reacting to them. They're causing us consternation, but we never seemed to go on the offense and cause them to react. And so I tried uh, very hard several different times to get uh, some whole of government efforts together to sort of pilot and look at different ways to to conduct uh, cognitive warfare against those adversaries. But I was unfortunately stopped many different times by the State Department lawyers <laughs> who cited the law you're talking about, the Smith-Munt Act. And their concern was, and this is good news and, and, and good news, and it doesn't mean the influence campaign doesn't take place because it actually does what you're saying. But under the Smith-Munt Act, at least in, in that instance, they wouldn't let, let us conduct those efforts uh, because they were concerned that whatever we started off with uh, in that theater or in that region, European theater or in the Asian region, would then come back to in different forms, the United States, and then be perceived as influencing the American public. So I understand where people see that what he did with the Smith-Munt Act may have led to that. And I'm not saying it hasn't happened overall, but from my experience, I found a little bit different. I got extreme pushback. Now, 
to your to your point on the propaganda stuff, Obama, Clinton, uh, and even the Biden administration, they're extremely effective at using, and in my mind, abusing the government authorities and positions to spew pure propaganda. And, and you know, based on your foundation and work stuff like that, the whole China flu aspect was a complete farce. Yes. Not only they cover up where it came from, okay, they they paid off the intelligence community analysts to 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 uh, to cover up where it came from. They lied about the 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 treatments. They lied about the effectiveness of the treatments, and then they undertook methodically a campaign with the FBI, with the intelligence community, with others, to then censor and cancel and destroy people's lives for trying to tell the truth. And so, you know, there's a lot of what you're saying is true. The Smith Month Act, though. In that aspect, there's different nuances. Well, that's that's very helpful, and I and I think um, it it was clearly we saw the the lies to the American public in a coordinated way in the media after President Trump was elected, and then the whole the whole <laughs> Russia dossier and all of these attacks, constant attacks on President Trump and the coordination among the media to cover up other facts in the matter, as well as in the COVID era, it was a lockstep narrative that was controlled and directed and the media followed it. So we no longer had the free press, the watchdog press that our founders envisioned and yes. and I was the victim of a lot of that censorship in the sense that all of my efforts to bring medical truth to the public in the spring of 2020 and throughout 2020, 2021 and 2022 and 2023 were grossly censored on social media. I was shut down after a very successful time on Twitter at 80,000 followers which may not be one of the biggest accounts, but I was very effective on Twitter with medical information and, and issues that affected our, our constitutional republic. And I was just summarily canceled for tweeting yes. the truth about COVID and the COVID shots in January 2021. So it's been a war against truth and against the principles for which this country has stood. Oh, ab absolutely. And so let me touch on a few things, if you don't mind, because it is a war and, and it's an cognitive war. And this is the reason I wrote the book is because American people and people across the globe don't understand that much of this is part of a purposeful strategy, a methodical execution is taking place both domestically as well as globally with different people whose sole objective is absolute power. And many people confuse this as politics, but it's not. It's a blood sport for absolute power. And when you talked about the coordination on the COVID and the lockstep narrative, that's exactly what happened. So let me give you an example with, with the dossier. So in the intelligence community, one of the primary directives is before you start reporting on an intelligence 
uh, analysis, you have to verify and validate the source of that information. Well, here you had Jim Comey, Jim Clapper, and John Brennan, the heads of the intelligence community, take an unvalidated, unverified dossier to which the press found out within two weeks it was a paid-for hit piece Russian propaganda from the Hillary Clinton campaign. But they took that purposely to President Trump, and then immediately it was leaked. So what people don't understand here is, is that the progressive radicals had a couple different plans. And as Peter Strzok said, they have an insurance plan. The primary plan was to undermine the Trump administration before he was elected by painting him as potentially as a Russian stooge with all those different slanders and such. The backup plan was what they carried out after that with the methodical use of this dossier to subvert and conduct this soft coup. Now, none of those intelligence leaders validated or verified the source. All of them later on went on to lie about the fact and continue to paint Trump as potentially a Russian agent, knowing full well that wasn't the case. Because when they testified before Congress behind closed doors, the word that came out was they had no evidence of such. But in public, they did, because they, as senior leaders of our intelligence community, with the trust and respect of millions of Americans, purposely pushed propaganda and lies. And so people have to understand that in this cognitive war, we're fighting against a group of people who have a very well thought out strategy and a very well thought out set of plans. And, and one last thing on that. If you remember before the 2020 uh, election, that every major city was boarded up and we had the summer of love where there is massive chaos and demonstrations. That was a test run. Let's call it what it was, the summer of anarchy planned yes. destruction. Yeah, exactly. It was a test run. So should Trump have bypassed the fraudulent election and actually got in, their intent was then to have massive domestic terrorist anarchy to basically then completely disrupt not us his first, but his second administration. But Trump failed to realize, in my mind, what happened during his first term. And because of that, he was unprepared in 2020 and was outmaneuvered again. And so this, this is a very critical war we're fighting here that many people think is just communism or such, but it's not. They, they use various ways, ideology, religion, and issues and various means, academics, economic, intelligence, social, military, to conduct this war. And so it's very hard to fight unless you're aware of this. And that's why I wrote this book, because Americans need to be aware, be informed, and be armed. Tell us the name of the book and where it is available, and I will extend an offer to you to add it to the books in the Truth for Health Foundation store. We will be adding the books to our store in October, November timeframe. So at truthforhealth.org. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So the name of the book is The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win. 
and it's available on Amazon. Uh, don't go to Kindle, but just go to Amazon and you can just type in the cognitive war and my last name, Hugland, H-A-U-G-L-A-N-D. It's, it's ebook, it's paperback and it's in its hardcover. Excellent. Excellent. And that you, the example you gave about the perpetrating the lies and deception to the American people in this whole Russian dossier was an example of what my understanding was legalized with Obama's change to the Smith-Munt Act. But there was no now there was no longer any any legal consequence for lying to the American people to to since I'm not a lawyer, I'm a physician to yes. put it in the language that I understand it as a non-attorney. Basically, it turned off the concerns that you were faced with when the State Department lawyers would say, no, because of the Smith-Bunt Act, you shouldn't do whatever the issue was. Yes. Well, is well, is well, that, in a nutshell, what you're seeing play out? Well, yeah, but it's been playing out long beforehand, you know. Well, true, true. But I meant the Russian dossier was an example of that. Well, yeah, the Russian dossier, yeah. The Russian dossier was just a fine-tuned example of their continued tactics and refined uh, uh, procedures in terms of how they're conducting this war and, and well, using uh, technology to advance that. Yes, and technology has been ramped up on steroids to do just that. I mean, we saw, we saw. you're right, it's, it's been going on. I've, I've seen it over my adult life. We saw the propaganda beginning, uh, what I recall, because I was finally old enough to be aware of it, during the um, Vietnam War and what the media was saying about that. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, we've seen this throughout history. What's, what's interesting here is, as you, you noticed through the 60s and stuff, but you can go back from the founding in the Communist Party and, and then the Nazi Party. Uh, and yes, okay. The, the tell Cold us more. War. I tell you what, let's take a break. And why don't you tell America listening about a little more of that history that people don't know. So, so let's, let's take a break and come back to that point right afterwards. This is Dr. Lee for America with the whistleblower report talking about the cognitive war for control of your mind and the way that you view the world around you and the events of today. Go to our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email alerts, and if you can, please donate to support our efforts for legal defense, particularly for our military, and join our Faith Over Fear seminar every Tuesday to learn what you can do to combat the lies and deception and learn hope, help, and solutions for the planned chaos that we know is coming and continuing to come at us. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. 
If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right, to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with my guest, Captain Ed Huglin, former senior executive in the intelligence community and former U.S. Air Force officer. Thank you, Ed, for joining us today and author of the book, The Cognitive War, Why We Are Losing and How We Can Win, which is a great way to look at this. So tell us about leading over your career, leading up to what's been going on in, in the history of since the 20s, 1900s, 20s. I know the eugenics movement began then, the Communist Party in America began at that time. There was a lot going on. So help our listeners understand the, the broader historical perspective. No, fantastic, Dr. Lee. Thank you. And so history is a great aspect here. So, you know, Americans... Um, a couple of faults I find that, that we need to do better at is, is remembering and studying history because those who forget it are doomed to repeat it. But, but also, we don't really think strategically beyond a few days, maybe a few months. And these tend to allow big gaps and openings for others to use and abuse us. For, so, for example, in the 1918s, when the Communist Party was founded, there's a huge Communist Party um, building up in the United States as well, because people believed in this utopian BS that was being pushed. But it didn't stop there in the 30s with the rise of fascism and the Nazi party. Uh, you also saw a number of Americans join the Nazi party, you know, the halfwits that joined the Nazi party. But again, Americans followed in line with these trends at the time. After, after the Cold War uh, started in 1945 on, you saw a number of people start to deny in the academic arena what was happening in the Soviet Union and the, the impacts of communism across the globe. Uh, through the 60s, with the massive civil unrest, the riots, the Vietnam War, you know, this is what I call commu-fascism. Because a lot of people think of communism and fascism as being two ends of the sphere. It's exactly the opposite. Communism and fascism are both far leftist organizations. It was the German Democratic Socialist People Workers Party that was a fascist party. The reason the reason the the far left likes to call it the far right is because they again from a propaganda aspect, from a misinformation aspect, they want people to think there are two ends of the sphere. But in fact. Fascism and communism are but two ends of the same circle of tyranny. They're bedfellows. And so what you saw then is from the 60s in the Vietnam War moved into the 80s. And you remember the red balloons and the whole pushback as President Carter finally got uh, half a brain use and started to deploy ground launch cruise missiles into Europe to counter the Soviets' expansion of nuclear missiles. And also then support for the Afghanis in the in the Afghan war. And through all this, we saw the fighting and the pushback. 
And so then, of course, the summer of love, which it wasn't, as we just talked about, the looting, the rioting, the anarchy. What what people, I think, fail to realize, and part of the reason why, a key reason I wrote this book from a warning perspective, this effort, this battle between good and evil, and it is a battle between good and evil in its most fundamental form, is the existential threat to our Republican freedoms but it's been going on since mankind existed, and it will continue until mankind cease to exist, because it is a battle between good and evil. Those who seek tyranny and subjugation, and those seek humanity enabling enablement of others. And so that history has gone on for, for quite some time. And if you understand that, what you can then take a look at history is how have their tactics and techniques and procedures morphed? and changed over time. Well, they've now gone on steroids because with the advent and democratization of technology, an individual to a group or a nation state can now flood the market, flood the cognitive domain with all sorts of disinformation, propaganda, and lies, and or control and manipulate that information as we saw under COVID to then further control and subjugate. And what was COVID in America? What was COVID in Australia and other places? It was a means to subjugate and control. And I never have I seen before such commie fascist dictator type styles of subjugation of free people, especially here in America, uh, given that. So we've been in this war for, for decades and centuries. It just now has become more robust given the advent of technology. Oh, and so in, in the, and, you know, we've been through this history for a number of years and decades and actually centuries. And so it's important to understand that. And once you understand that, you can then see that it's the democratization of technology that has now allowed our adversaries to take this battle to a whole new level. Well, that's exactly right. It's it's truly chilling to see the orchestrated suppression of freedom of speech across. You know, they've already implemented the censorship across Europe, and this administration is working feverishly to shut down free speech here in the U.S. Oh, yes. Yeah, and so... In the book, I address this specifically. A quarter century ago, I developed what I call the theory of the information equilibrium. And in essence, what we're seeing here is uh, the balance of equilibrium it is the more open the flow of information, the theory basis is the more open the flow of the information, the more you're going to tend towards democracy and capitalism and freedom, the more constricted or manipulated the flow of information the more you tend towards tyranny, despotism, dictatorship, and such. And so as you look at what's happening across Europe, what happened here in the U.S. with COVID, what happened? They constricted the flow, they manipulated the flow, then they propagandized the flow of information. Well, what do you think the Chinese and Russians do, the old Soviets do? Chinese and Russia have closed off their internets. They control and flow of information within their societies. And now what do you see happening in the United States here with the mainstream media and pardon my French here, who I now refer to as the propaganda whores, because you're absolutely right. 
they're no longer a free press. They are a fifth column of subversives who are just propagandizing for one side, political side. And so we're seeing that constriction. We're seeing the manipulation of that flow of information. And so the balance of the information equilibrium is now tilting very strongly towards despotism and tyranny, unfortunately. Yes, I, I, I couldn't agree more. What do you see? In fact, I, I really keep saying it's very chilling because it is truly an evil agenda. And it's designed not only to deprive us of our free will, our freedom, our ability to make decisions for our lives based on truth, but it's also ultimately leading towards death of people when they can't get accurate medical information when treatment is suppressed and controlled for the same agenda. And, and I, I am extremely alarmed about what I see happening and, and have been seeing it, as you said, but it's just orders of magnitude more serious. And I think too many people are still oblivious to the danger. They, they think they're getting accurate information on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, yes. NBC. As you say, the media whores. They, they simply have sold out for the payments that they're getting, whether it's ad revenue from Big Pharma or whether it's incentive payments from the U.S. government. They've sold out. They absolutely have. And so, you know, another key warning that I put in the book, and, and it, it goes not only to the fact that our IC and intelligence community and national security apparatus have been weaponized and politicized, but what has happened recently in American's history that has now sort of been glossed over? There have been over 1.3 million Americans murdered, murdered by COVID and the fentanyl. It was a disaster and a surprise that makes 9-11 pale in comparison. But where is the accountability? It's because the intelligence community that I operated in, and I've seen it over my four decades of, of working inside and with the intelligence community, has slowly deteriorated because they remain stuck in the industrial age in a reactive posture. And, and they're trying to provide indications and warning while they're being outmaneuvered on a daily basis. So if the structures and such maybe have were useful in the past, but they need, we need a complete overhaul of the whole national security apparatus because it failed miserably, not only in 9-11, but with the China flu, we have 1.3 million murdered and counting. And, oh, and not, Ed, I know awful. that. Uh, that was just extraordinary. I was heavily involved, and we did multiple press conferences about hospital homicides. And I, I have been very vocal about calling out my medical profession, the it is appalling the known COVID death protocol that my own physician colleagues were knowingly carrying out, knowing people were dying, knowing that there was better treatment available, that ventilators were damaging, remdesivir was damaging. We knew that from the Ebola trials years ago, that yes. remdesivir had a death rate of 53 almost 54%, 
And Fauci and the NIH had to stop using it in the Ebola clinical trials because it was the only drug of four that was killing half the people that it, they were trying to treat. And they knew that before COVID rolled out. And Fauci gets up to the American people and lies just with this evil look on his face saying, oh, remdesivir is the gold standard for COVID. Yeah, He yeah. knew otherwise. And, and then we documented early on all of the CMS, the government incentive payments to the hospitals. Hospitals were making, depending on the state and depending on the length of stay, hospitals were making anywhere from 200000 to $500,000 or more per COVID patient that they allowed to die in the hospital. They killed them with depriving them of food and fluids and giving them the combination of fentanyl, midazolam, and other sedatives in a respiratory illness, knowing those were contraindicated drugs. Oh, don't even get me started on that. I'm <laughs> so angry about what our profession did, nurses and doctors. And they sold out to the hospital administrators who told them, well, you can't prescribe hydroxychloroquine just to keep their job. They were no better than the doctors in the concentration camps in World War II who followed Goebbels and Mengele and all of those directives from the Nazis. No, you're absolutely, I agree with you 100%. And this is where the, the question of Americans' integrity and will really comes into play. You know, the, the importance of the book and importance of the warning I'm trying to convey uh, through the book is you, America, are viewed as necessary collateral damage in their quest, this blood sport for absolute power. You and your families and your children's lives mean nothing to those who are seeking this power. And as Dr. Lee's pointed out, you see it every day. You have to start to, to believe what you see. And there's no better example than this than when you take a look at where is the mayhem, chaos, terror, and confusion most prevalent today? It's in progressive cities and states. Now, Ed, I'm going to take issue with you. Call it what it is. Progressive implies something positive when we're letting them define the language. And I, do, I really object when we are using their nice language that covers up the true agenda. They are tyrannical cities that are run as dictatorships. And that's not progressive. And I, I'm just I'm just playing devil's oh, you're advocate absolutely, you're absolutely, because you're absolutely, we yeah. have let them define the language and they define it the opposite of what it is every time. Look at the patient. What Look at Obamacare. They called it the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act. <laughs> it was the opposite of all of that. Yeah, you ding, ding, ding. We have a winner here because you're exactly right. This is exactly part of the cognitive wars. They're Orwellian speak. It, exactly making, right. And you're the, writing a book on it. Yes. So, so that's why I won't call it the summer of love. It was the summer of anarchy. Stop. We've got to America. I'm speaking to all of you. We have to stop using the language of the left and let them define 
the damage they are doing as something normal and desirable. It is none of that. Absolutely correct. And, and uh, sorry, you, you get me you get me started on a rant. Here. <laughs> no, but this you 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 are echoing much of what I say as well. For example, you know, there's no such thing as the elites. Kiss my behind, right? <laughs> they are self-anointed elites. They're pompous leeches on society. They are not elites by any means, manner, or method. Right. They control us through money and power, but they also let's let's uh, clarify that additionally to add to what you just said from my professional training in both internal medicine and psychiatry. They fit the definition of a malignant narcissist, sociopath, psychopath, whatever terms they have diabolical, malevolent minds that intentionally plan harm. That is the opposite of an elite who is supposed to look out for the good of those under them. Exactly. Could I give your listeners an example of how, uh, another example of how they methodically plan it and lay out such different strategies? And, oh, yes. Please okay, do. So everybody knows about the illegal immigration. But what people forget, in my mind, is this is the fourth cycle or sixth cycle of this effort. Yep. So they have a playbook they've used. So let me give you the top key points of the playbook because it's been rewound and replayed several times here. So first of all, and so, so Reagan, Clinton, Obama, and now Biden. Now Reagan, it happened under there and he signed an amnesty thing. He was played. But here's the steps of their, their practice. And this is why it's so important to study history. So first, they ignore the law. And then they applaud the open borders and say, basically, welcome the masses because they're uh, either too poor or they're being prosecuted. And then secondly, if you don't agree with that, they call you a racist. Second, then they start to cry for help, much as you see now in New York, okay, in the Democratic uh, leftist cities, okay, and federal help to spend, 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 more federal assistance. But they don't say anything about the policies that are causing it. And then if you object to this, you're racist again because you're not giving free education, healthcare, social services, and education. That's overwhelming our systems in a tsunami now. People, people haven't seen the beginning of this. And then they, they call for the amnesty and voting rights. Right. Remember Obama's illegal DACA action? It's still yep, in the courts. Yep. No, I remember it well. It, but it's 12 years and it's still in the courts. And then they'll start to call for investigations and blame failed mass security on conservatives and broken immigration policy, which we've had immigration law since the founding of the country. And then they'll go back. Well, to every country does. And that's yes. it's absurd to think. I mean, I got legal residency in Panama and Chile between 2009 and 2013. And the hoops I had to jump through to immigrate to those countries and live and work there was phenomenal. I had to have a background check, fingerprints. I had to show financial wherewithal. I had to have all of my citizens document. I had to have apostille documents. I had to go to the police station and be interviewed. Oh my gosh, Americans have no idea what goes on in other countries because 
less than, what is it, less than 10% of Americans even have a passport. So they haven't been out of the country to know what's going on. But you, I want you to talk about the collapse, the system with what you just described on the playbook with the illegals. I was writing about this under the Obama administration and editorials nationally on the diseases that were allowed to come across the border. Illegals were not screened for medical illnesses. Legal immigrants had to go through extensive medical screening yes. and documentation of all that. But it's the Cloward Piven strategy that was taught as a Marxist theory to collapse America from within, taught at Columbia by those two professors over a number of years. And both Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were students at Columbia ostensibly um, during that time and learned that strategy. That's what they're implementing right now. Yeah. And so you you see this repeated again. And now you have 9 million illegals in this cycle who've come in. And for your listeners, that's the equivalent of nine cities of 20,000 people for every one of our 50 states, or over 180,000 people per state. And so to your point also, people forget this Manchurian president conducted biological warfare against his own countrymen. How so? Remember the super spreader events for all the illegals that didn't have to get screened, who came in and were put in cages and became super spreaders? Well, which president then took put those people on planes in the middle of the night and sent them to red states and then talked about the in- increased COVID in those red states? Yes, we were tracking some of those war. flights. No, it was biological warfare. And I wrote an editorial on that in 2014 under Obama because it was. They were using human carriers of disease. They were loading them on DHS contracted charter flights at Tucson International Airport in the middle of the night and taking them, flying them directly to uh, red state cities and some of the communities, for example, in, in Michigan and Colorado and other places. And we were able to later track the fact that those were the cities that had the strange respiratory virus outbreak in the summer of 2014 that were killing young children. Nobody's, oh, we don't know where that came from. Yes. It was biological warfare. Yeah. And in their minds, necessary collateral damage to advance their cause. To the bloodlust for power and control. You said it so well. I want everybody to remember the words you just said. America, your children and you and your families are necessary collateral damage in the blood sport and lust for total power. If you remember nothing else from this broadcast, you remember what Ed Hugland said about what, how they view you. I think that was powerfully said, Ed. Well, thank you, Dr. Lee. You know, uh, we're headed to a tyrannical police state. And in this book, though, it offers a variety of solutions to help us forestall that. But the police state where there's no longer accountability for the abuse of authority, the abuse of power, and where those public servants across America who were hired to protect, to serve, to keep the peace are being taught it's okay to abuse the power and that there'll be no consequences or they'll cover it up. So it's time to get involved. And God bless you for your work because you are involved and you speak up, you act up, and other Americans need to for all tyranny needs to do 
for us is to do nothing. Freedom demands we exercise our God-given rights, our constitutional rights. As freedom is not free. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of close by saying Thomas Jefferson famously said, the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. Be forewarned, the thin gray line between tyranny and freedom is being stretched. It's time to push back and ensure the resilience and security of our republic. God bless America. Beautifully said, and and I absolutely agree. And let me just say, America, if you watch what's happening to the political opponents of this administration, whether they are health advocates like Dr. Mercola, whether they are political opponents such as President Trump and other conservatives, we are in a police state. It's not just that we're headed there. We are in it. And I saw this in the Soviet Union when I was there in the 70s on an educational mission approved by the State Department. And I will tell you what we're seeing today in our cities with the police pulling doctors out of hospital board meetings, police pulling parents out of PTA meetings, the January 6 prisoners that have had none of their constitutional rights available to them sitting in prison for all this time. We are in a police state. So wake up, start speaking out and standing against the evil of tyranny that is beginning to strangle us all. And Ed Hoagland, thank you for your courage over your whole career in the military and the intelligence community. And thank you for this book, The Cognitive War, America, go buy it, read it, and listen to the steps on how we can turn this around before it's too late. This is Dr. Lee for America. This is the battle between good and evil. Decide which line you're going to stand on. Are you going to stand for good and face God on Judgment Day saying, Lord, I did my best? Or are you going to capitulate to evil and do nothing? Because as Edmund Burke said, all it takes for evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. Be one of those who has the courage to act and speak. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back with another Whistleblower Report. Go to www.whistleblowerreports.org and look at all of the latest truthful news and hopeful solutions we are bringing to combat the cognitive war for your mind with lies and deception. We'll be back again on the next Whistleblower Report.